1: All right, the day after, Big Sills here, National Football Show. How's everybody doing, all right? All right, this is going to be another come-to-Jesus conversation for the Philadelphia Eagles and their fan base and the organization, okay? Another come-to-Jesus conversation. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Jalen Hurts. Should he start? Should he not start? Should we put Gardner Minshew in? Can Nick Sirianni coach? Let's just get to the damn point here on what we need to find out the rest of the way out. By the way, welcome aboard, everybody. We appreciate it. We are packed one more time today. Look at all the stuff we have here. And I say this to you guys all the time. I appreciate everybody that comes aboard the program here. You guys jump in with your comments. We slide it in. You guys become part of the content, too. By the way, Dan Miller, part of the broadcast team for the Detroit Lions, will be with us at 5 o'clock Eastern. We'll get his spin on what's going on in Detroit with Chris Spielman's Detroit Lions. Made the hire for Dan Campbell. I like what I'm seeing in Detroit. I know they're 0-7. I know they're 0-7. We'll get to the Lions here in a minute. But this is going to be an extension from what I did yesterday and why Gardner Minshew should be the starting quarterback now for the Philadelphia Eagles. How in the world are we going to find out if Nick Sirianni can coach? There's other players on that team that need to be developed. Can Sirianni develop Devontae Smith? Can he develop a running game? Can he develop an entire unit? We have to find out right now going forward if he is the guy that you want to turn a roster over to. You know, it's more than just developing Jalen Hurts. you got wide receivers. you got O-line. You've got a coaching staff. Being a head football coach is being a delegator. Not so much hands-on but more so being able to be involved in finding out whether or not you can handle the pressure of being a head coach. How in the world are we going to know if we're so centered on whether or not he and Jalen get along, whether the plays fit him, whether they don't fit him, how do we know what he's doing for Devontae? Look at Rieger. He's falling completely apart. Look at the old line that you guys told me about at the beginning of the year. I know they've been decimated with injuries. But I'm going to tell you, man, that old line is not the old line people were talking to me about at the beginning of the year. No way. Zero running game. How are we going to know these answers if we're just so centered on one thing? Jalen Hurts is not a starting quarterback in the National Football League. I've got the numbers to show you, too, here in a minute. He's not. Okay? Let's move off that. Gardner Minshew. You know, I I, I saw somebody in the stupid Philly media making a comment. Gardner Minshew's not the guy. No shit. But you've got to find out if you can develop other guys. This has to be about lessons now. This has to be about teams learning a lesson every single game. The wins are not going to be there. We have to sit here and figure out whether or not this organization can develop players moving forward. When's the last pro bowler that they developed? They haven't. Carson Wentz is playing Pro Bowl football right now. Doug Peterson is sitting on the bench. And by the way, with every failure every week that Howie Roseman and the owner of the Eagles go through every week, the amount of money that it's going to take to hire Doug Peterson this coming 2022 offseason is escalating. Doug Peterson's value goes up every week when you see the kind of performance that's going on with the Eagles. His market value goes up because look at the team today and then look at the team from a year ago. You're telling me they're better? Last year, the Eagles were an absolute mass unit. Then they became a train wreck. Then the owner and the general manager were involved in process. Get the hell out of the room. We've got to figure out right now if Nick Sirianni can really develop the rest of this team. We've got to find out if they can teach these guys. Jonathan Gannon, he's got the utmost confidence in. Well, Haas, that's not saying much right now. Your defensive group is not believing in you. William says that that's why Laurie is responsible for allowing Howie to screw things up. Howie has a job, William, of doing one thing. Get me the personnel. Turn it over to the coach. The problem in Philadelphia is that people look to the general manager's office. And the general manager is Jerry Jones in Philly. He's turned him into the mouthpiece of the owner. He in the mouthpiece, Howie Roseman and the owner sit there at night and say, this is the direction I think the team should go, without having the coach in the room. The coach is just a puppet. You've got to find a quarterback right now that can show us if the rest of these players on this team are guys you want to go forward with in 2022. Look at Devontae Smith just sitting here. You know what? He's got to be looking over at Cincinnati right now and looking at Jamar Chase, and he just must be going, wow. Wow. I know that kid was great at LSU but he wasn't that much better than me when I was at Alabama. I won the damn Heisman Trophy. That kid is the fastest to 700 yards in NFL history. That includes Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have turned Cincinnati's fortunes around. I don't – you know what? I just learned the name of the Bengals coach. More on a common uh, conversation now. Zach Taylor, is it? I had no idea who the dude was. Now he's going to be in a conversation for the NFL Coach of the Year. The Bengals are the number one seed in the AFC. What? What? Hold on. Pinch me. And the Eagles are a train wreck. No question about it. This is why I say start Gardner Minshew. This has got nothing to do with Jalen. I want to find out if my coach can coach. Charles says, Jeff Dunham is very interested in Sirianni. M. Reyes, why would we get a quarterback to evaluate these players if the scheme is garbage anyway? Then you fired the damn coach, M. Reyes. That is exactly my point. Think about what he just said there. Why would we get a quarterback to evaluate these players if the scheme is garbage anyway? Then you fire the coach. You made a mistake. How he would go for that? Because those are his players. Tapewaite says no quarterbacks this draft. Yeah, but there's free agent quarterbacks that are going to be out there that are going to be on the move. Okay, Got to find out if Sirianni can coach, guys. We already see what he's doing with Jalen. They're going nowhere with him. I don't care how many stats you show me. The number one stat and only stat I care about is winning and losing. Most of those stats, you know, the, most of the stats that people are starting to um, put out there on me when it comes to Jalen Hurts are garbage stats. After they've been pounded, they make a nice, fat you know, run at the end of the game. They kind of make the game look good in the box score. But they're completely garbage. Let me show you something here where Jalen Hurts sits right now. 28th in completion percentage. 24th in yards per play. 27th in quarterback rating. 22nd in completion percentage. Dude, I know who he is. And some of you would say, well, it's the coach. Duh. Okay? Let's find out if it's the coach. The only way to do it. Hey, by the way, does Sirianni want to start Gardner Minshew? Why do you think they made that move to send Flacco with a conditional pick to the Jets and not have an even better potentially – Back up to Jalen. Against Detroit, if he starts falling all over himself, they will put Minshew in. Okay? Look at these stats here, man. We got to find out right now if he can coach. Personally, I'm having a problem with it. I totally am. The red. For all the garbage stats. Omit the stats from the fourth quarter since he pads everything during garbage time. Absolutely, dude. Formerly known as Jojo. When they lose to Detroit, Mitchell will get his shot. Watch this too. Formerly known as JoJo, let me throw this at you here, okay? This is about learning more about the team. The thing is two and five. It's over. This is not really about winning now. This is about finding out what we have. Can you really tell what you have right now on your football team? It's the same stuff every week, man. Fall behind. By the way, you get a lead on the Eagles, it's over. It's over. They've got to have a lead or be in it a little bit or it's over. Pre-snap disguise, Robert says. Post snap disguise. What are we doing with the coverages? That needs to get corrected. Let's find. This is my point, Guy, of the open here. Let's find out and learn about this coach. Hey, throwing everything on Jalen Hurts right now, it's the quarterback position. He gets it. But the coach needs to have some heat on him right now, too. I saw a stat where somebody says, if you gave this coaching staff a better quarterback and a better running game, that Nick Sirianni would be a 5-2 and two football team. Okay, well, let's find out. Let's see if it resembles a pro offense with a dropback quarterback and a guy who gets under center like Gardner Minshew. And by the way, one more time, let's underscore this. Okay, I'm going to underscore it one more time. Is Gardner Minshew the future of the Philadelphia Eagles when it comes to the quarterback position? Absolutely freaking not. But at least he could play a pro-style offense. And that's what Sirianni coached last year in Indianapolis when he was the OC with Phillip Rivers. Those guys won 11 ball games with him uh, calling the plays. Why Why is it so difficult... Benching Jalen Hurts, I don't give a crap about his feelings. I got to find out if I can get the ball. How do you know if Devontae Smith's good? Look at what you're doing to Devontae Smith. You know what Devontae Smith is doing right now? He's running routes for nothing. You drafted a guy in the first – actually, you've got two wide receivers that you drafted, okay, two wide receivers – that you drafted in the first round. Are you ready for this? They're useless. They're absolutely useless. Useless. Because you can't get the ball to them. See if you can get this quarterback to get the ball. Let's see what we have at wideout. You know why Rieger looks the way he does? You know why he looks the way he does? Because he doesn't have confidence in the passing game, and he doesn't have confidence in the quarterback. You don't think Devontae Smith, in his heart of hearts, when he was at Alabama, knows the truth about Jalen Hurts. There's a reason Nick Saban benched his ass. Remember something about Jalen. Unlike any other guy in that Eagle locker room, Jalen knows the truth about him. He knows what Nick thought of him. Nick's never going to come public and dog one of his ex-guys, even though that guy went to Oklahoma. He's never going to do it because everybody looks at him as an Alabama guy. Well, he actually got booted out of Alabama because he was not going to be the starting quarterback there. Okay? Okay. So he knows the truth why he was pushed out of that starting assignment in Alabama. Because he wasn't accurate. He had accuracy problems when he was in Bama. And if you've got accuracy problems and you get to the NFL, you you think those are going to correct themselves? You think all of a sudden you become an accurate quarterback in the NFL if you work at your game? And you're with better coaches? You know, one thing about Josh Allen at Wyoming, he was accurate. Okay? He just had horrible coaching until he got to Sean McDermott. Shepard says it's not going to happen because we have Rich Kotai and the new Tim Tebow. The offense surely looks like Tim Tebow is running it. Absolutely. Absolutely, Shepard. It, it so looks like what that offense was in Denver. William says, Jalen came off the bench and saved two in the SEC championship against Georgia. Yeah, you know why? And that's a great point, William. You know why? Because they were scheming with all their defensive uh, preparation. They were doing it for two of them. It was a great changeup. That's what... Jalen Hurts is he's a change up quarterback in case something's not going well in college. Let's put him in. Most defensive coordinators don't they don't scheme and put schematically defensive assignments together for two quarterbacks, especially ones that are so different. Tua's accurate. You know one thing I'll say about Tua over the last couple weeks, Tua's looking better. Tua's looking more accurate. They may not be winning a lot of games in Miami, but he looks better. It ain't him. That whole thing is falling apart with the way that they've handled the whole Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Chris Greer and Brian Flores should be held accountable for the way that they've dealt with that and handled the whole thing. How do you develop Tua when Tua every day shows up to the facility not knowing if he's going to be a dolphin or not? Okay. Wait, wait, watch this. If I gave the opportunity to have Tua Tagovailoa as the Philadelphia Eagles starting quarterback over Jalen, you take it in a second. Why? Because he's more accurate. He's more accurate, man. Dude, that guy on the other side of the football for the Eagles too, man. Jonathan Gannon? You got Fletcher Cox barking now. Hey, you know, uh, uh, yeah, sure, the scheme sucks. I'm paraphrasing for him. Two-gapping? Hoss, do you know what two-gapping is? You turn your D-line guys into slugs. Jonathan Gannon thinks he has linebackers in Philly. Best part of his football team is his front four. For some reason, he doesn't know that. Okay? He just doesn't know that. Bill says Hertz is a one read quarterback. You know who said that to us about three months ago? Brian Baldinger. Brian Baldinger said that Tua needs to be more than a one read quarterback. He's taken off too much. But get this, guys. That's what happens when you're a young dude. Hey, by the way, isn't it funny? Why are you guys wanting to give Jalen Hurts all this time to be a starting quarterback in the NFL? when I needed 10 starts to know that Joe Burrow was the dude, or I needed five starts to see that Justin Herbert can sling that bitch, I will give you this, and I do think this point is important, okay? Now tell me if you guys subscribe to this. I think we can identify a passer quicker at the quarterback position than we can a quarterback who's a running passer. Does that make sense? Let me give you some for instances on that. Look at Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson coming out of college, man. We were all like this. I don't know. And all of a sudden, that running quarterback became a quarterback. And after the first year, we were like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, he started getting better and better and better. Dude, when you watch Justin Herbert throw the football in the first game against the Kansas City Chiefs, I was like this. Holy shit. When When I saw Joe Burrow throw the ball, I was like, wow, that guy can throw it and he knows where to go with the ball. But the running quarterback's a little bit different to evaluate, isn't he? Because he uses that dual part of his game to be able to move the sticks in the same way. It's more about process. One guy is a process quarterback, and he's a cerebral guy, and he processes all the intel he gets, and those are usually your seven-steppers. Some guys don't need to be a seven-step guy, and they could just take off with their great athleticism. Those guys are harder to evaluate. Okay? I mean, think about it. Red, Right there, right? I mean, when you see a guy drop back and you can see him throw the ball and you can see him process the information, it's quicker to get a sense of what that guy is. But when you have a guy get back here, one, two, and he's off the read and he takes off running, you're not sure he's a good quarterback or not because he uses his legs. We're so used to seeing the Marinos, the Bradys, the Peyton Mannings, you know the guys had just sit back there in the pocket and that's what we see because that's been the most successful quarterback what now what's going on in college you're seeing guys go like this on the third read well if it's not there I'm going to I'm going to take off you know these the the problem with that though is look guys how can you be a one or two read guy in today's NFL That's the disturbing thing about Jalen Hurts. You can't hit these receivers like you could back in the day. Okay? These receivers are running in open space, more so than they've ever. You can't mug these guys. So when you're looking off the reads after second read and you're taking off, that's going to be more noticeable than any other time. That's why people are going, man, he's a one- or two-read guy and he's gone. That can't be in today's NFL. These guys are open. You know how hard it is to cover people today? It's almost impossible to cover guys. Tapewaite says, how do you feel about Wentz? Wentz is playing Pro Bowl football. He's on pace for 4,000 yards. He's on pace for 25 touchdowns and two interceptions. He's on pace for a 102 quarterback rating. He's on pace for a 65% completion percentage. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I feel pretty good about that. How do you feel? Like I said yesterday, Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson are making that organization look like turds. Who made those calls to fire Doug and to get rid of Wentz? Who made those calls? Who made that call? You know, I I see Jared Goff, and you're going to get a good sense of him this week. Jared Goff can play. Remember something. He's got an NFC championship ring in his pocket. He did take that Rams team further than anything that Matthew Stafford's ever done. Okay? He's not as consistent as some of the other great quarterbacks in the game, but he's not a dope. And if the Eagles don't put pressure on him, you're going to light him up, man, because that Lions team wants to win. I don't know if the Eagles want to win. Okay? I, I, I don't know that yet. Incognito. He's a zero read. If someone gets a little penetration on him. Yeah. Takes off RPOs, screens. Good night. Here, here. Here's a typical Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni offense. This is why we got to find out more about Nick. Watch this. Hand the ball off. Try to get a running game going in the first series. You see it doesn't work. You give up on it. Now you're third and 11. How many times have we seen the Eagle offense on the first series or in the first three series, third and nine, third and 10, third and 11? because they do those screens and RPOs, kick it away, Posing team scores, field goal, touchdown, you're behind because you gave up field position. You don't think these coordinators have the book on the Eagles right now? And because Nick is so limited on being able to – here, my opinion, here's my opinion on Nick Sirianni coaching Jalen Hurts. I don't think Nick can coach him. I don't think Nick has a good playbook Here. Nick has a better playbook for Carson Wentz than he does for Jalen Hurts. He can't coach that style of player. He coaches more the style of Phillip Rivers. That's the story. Okay? Very few coaches are that versatile. Look at John Harbaugh, for instance, okay? John Harbaugh goes from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson in one year. And Lamar Jackson's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That's a talent. I don't know Nick Sirianni has that kind of talent yet. Exactly why they got Minshew. Sean, it's exactly why they got him. And it's exactly why they dealt Joe Flacco yesterday. Because they're preparing to play him. Minshew is going to, he's not a bad quarterback. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. Now, is he the Eagles' answer? No way. And by the way, let me underscore this again, because I know there'll be idiots in the media that will say, Suleo thinks Gardner Mitchell is the future. That is not true. But what we're going to do is learn about the other players in the offense. We're going to find out if Devontae – do you guys – the only thing you guys can say about Devontae Smith right now is this. He was really great in college. He's had a few games where he's caught some passes. I don't know anything about this receiver yet because they can't get him the ball. The quarterback is not capable of getting him enough targets to find out if Devon. – you're wasting this guy's first year. Sean, we totally have to see what this coach is about. I would much here. I'm will concede on this. I would much rather fire the head coach than fire Jalen. I would. Because if he's not the guy, okay, and he's not the he's not the guy for my players, I want him out of here. I, I and then you go to the players and you say this. Hey man, you know, I mean. You know, he came on high recommendation from Frank. Blame it on Frank. Players will go, oh, yeah, because he did. Nigel says the second we start Minshew, the offense will change. How about we run the offense with Hurts? Why would you run the offense with Hurts? I just gave you the numbers. 28 in completion percentage, 24th in yards per play, 27th to QBR, 22nd in percentage why would you do that same stuff over and over you're so predictable right now with the play calling jojo he's not the guy for the future but he should be the guy now so we can see if the coach is good enough And what about the other players on the team don't you want to try to develop a running game with a pro quarterback Jalen Hurts is not a pro quarterback. Man. Right? This makes no sense here. Why you would just keep putting that kid in there. It's like putting Justin Fields in Chicago in the starting lineup. Justin Fields should not be the starting quarterback in Chicago. I mean, this guy's the most sack quarterback. He has no pocket presence. They've got no talent around him. And they're killing him up there in Chicago. You are putting out a young player with no help. We knew the offensive line was a train wreck in Chicago in the exhibition season when they almost murdered him. Dean says, who do we start to fix the defense? You could start with your coordinator. Look at what Dallas did last year. They got rid of that old, stupid-ass two-gap that Mike Nolan ran. People in Dallas hated Mike Nolan's style of defense. I hate it. That two-gap crap is no good. They had me playing that shit in Tampa my rookie year. I was like, two-gap? I played like I played a penetrating defense when I was at the University of Miami with Jimmy Johnson. Get in the backfield, wreak havoc. Pressure on the quarterback, TFLs, all that stuff, man. All right, I'm, I'm going to get back to your thoughts here. And I'm going to tell you again, okay, a little bit more information on Deshaun Watson. There's a little bit more information out today. Um, He is open, but I'm going to tell you what he said about the Eagles. I got it on high inside information on what he said about the Philadelphia Eagles We'll talk more about the Lions. Dan Miller from the broadcast team of the Lions will join us at 5 o'clock Eastern time. We'll get his thoughts on this 0-7 Lions team that the Eagles have coming up. Plus other news in the NFL and college football. You keep it right here on the National Football Show.
3: and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In
4: Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work Building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Docherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave.
1: Welcome back, National Football Show. Big Seals. Don't forget, Dan Miller, part of the broadcast team, will be at the top of the hour. He's the play-by-play man for the Detroit Lions. Sean says something over here interesting. I agree with McMullen. Two linebackers and a quarterback, and we're 5-2. Oh, really? Well, who's picking those guys? Think of, There you go. I agree with McMullen. Two linebackers and a quarterback. Okay? Who's selecting those guys, Sean? Who's selecting those guys? The same guy that's been absolutely fucking up your draft the last three years? Okay? The same guy that's been doing that? That guy? Good luck. Be back where you are three years from now. If that guy's making your selections... In the NFL draft, Howie Roseman, you're going to be in the rotating cesspool known as a toilet bowl for the next three years. I'll see you in three years. Be in the same spot. Look at the coach from a year ago. Guy won a Super Bowl. Looks like the same football team to me. The front office has put its weight on this organization too much. There's no power structure. Nobody knows who's in charge. It ain't the coaches. It ain't the coordinators. It's the GM. He controls Sunday. He's only supposed to control the draft, free agency. He's supposed to be there to help, not hurt. Howie Roseman has been an awful GM. He's going to hang his hat on the Super Bowl. Well, GMs, and head coaches who win that, get fired also. John Gruden was a 500 coach. I never really thought John was that great a coach. Look at his record. He's four games over 500. Okay? Big Burr says he ain't taking no linebacker in the first round. You know what he should do? He should get that kid from Oregon. That kid from Oregon might be the best player in the NFL draft. Then you could put his hand down or stand him up. That kid from Oregon looks like he is a bitch. Carlos, how you doing, my friend? Jeff says, yep, that's that's why no good coaches want to come to Philly. I'm going to give you the update now on Deshaun Watson because Jeff just reminded me of that. There there were reports now, and John McClain, who I like a lot from the Houston Chronicle, we've had him on our show here. It's not true that Miami's the only team. It looks like Miami is the destination. Carolina and Denver are clearly in it. But the Eagles are not in the conversation any longer. Now, I do believe that Nick Casario, the general manager of the Houston Texans, wants the Eagles in the conversation because they have the three number ones. Here's what the asking price is for Deshaun Watson. Three ones and two twos. That's a pretty steep treasure chest that some team is going to have to give up, okay? But that's a team's future. Draydog says, Dan, is it just me or 90% shotgun? dumb are we not telling the defense absolutely and then you got a one read quarterback Dre when you're in shotgun you need Tom Brady's ass Drew Brees back there Deshaun Watson you need a pro quarterback that's why I'm saying put Minshew in there at least he's not a one or two read guy that guy can play the position Dean says Eagles caught lightning in a bottle. Looks like that right now. Dean, it looks like that. So, I mean, the asking price, Casario's throwing that out there. Casario may just do this and shut everything down and go, I'll wait to the offseason when there's more teams that will be in the conversation to potentially move him. But you know what Deshaun's people are saying? They don't like the direction of the Eagles because of the way the general manager is guiding the team. They've not shut it down completely, but they have said not really, you know, a place that they're looking to land. It's not because it's Philly. If you put John Dorsey in that position as general manager of the Eagles, more free agents will want to come and play in Philly. Right now, people are suspect on the direction of the team because of GM's influence. Am I wrong? Because you know what other people are saying? You fired Wentz. He's looking like a Pro Bowl quarterback again. You fired a Super Bowl coach He's going to get hired. By the way, how about Doug Peterson going to San Francisco and being the new 49ers head coach? Because Kyle Shanahan, the only thing going that Kyle Shanahan has is his last name. If he has another losing season this year, Kyle Shanahan will have four losing seasons in five years in the Bay Area. That's not a good record, my friends. That's not a good record, man. And you want to hear this? Doug Peterson is going to have his pick of jobs. Hey, will Doug's name be in that conversation for USC? Absolutely. Absolutely. You could pay him $7 million to be the Southern Cal coach. I think he's more of an NFL guy. He's going to have his pick of jobs. Maybe Pete Carroll calls it a career after this year. Could you see Doug in Seattle? Wow. Chalk it up, Sports Philly. Sills, why do you believe how he still has his job after being such a disappointment? Great question. Xander, put that over there for me. Highlight that for me there. Chalk it up there. Why do you think Howie still has his job? Why do you guys think he still has his job? Why do you guys think he still has his job, Howie Roseman? And it's not the Super Bowl. Why do you think he still has his job? Very simple. I was taught this lesson by another general manager. And I was taught this lesson also by Jimmy Johnson. So, It kind of corroborated what these guys were talking about. Why do you think? What's up, Muhammad? Thanks for coming aboard, brother. Dre Dog said Luria loves him. But why would he love him, Dre? Why would he love him? Here's why. Who constructs the contracts for all the players? Who constructs all the contracts? GM. Not the head coach. So in these contracts that you sit down with the GM, not the owner, Shepard, bingo, all these things, you write into the contract. I'll use Devontae Smith. Say Devontae makes the all Rookie team this year, $250,000 bonus. Say Devontae has another $200,000 bonus if he has 100 catches. Say Devontae has another... $150,000 bonus if he has 1,000 yards. Say he gets another $100,000 if he plays in 75% of the plays. You understand where I'm going. There's incentives all up and down the contract here that players have in their deal that they try to hit. Why do you think guys aren't taken out when it's a blowout? Because you're trying to get all these stats that you possibly can before you get injured, or something stops you from playing multiple games, you have incentives laden all over your contract. You know what Howie does? If the team's not playing well, okay, like they did last year, did you not – how embarrassing was that for Eagle fans too? Let me put my hands over my eyes when I'm saying this to you. They were tanking games at the end and sitting healthy guys because they wanted to save money and not win games. Holy shit. Man. Would I not want to be part of that organization? Ugh. Man. Who was that quarterback they started at the end of the year? What was that turd's name? Is he even on the team? Remember remember what Doug had lied to the media and say that they they wanted to see him get reps? That was a total bullshit lie. Nobody wanted to see him. Somebody was probably on the cusp of making an incentive. Sudfeld, is he still on the team? You put a guy named Sudfeld into a game and you made some bullshit comment that you wanted to see him and what he was about when you had guys that were fighting for these incentives. That's a horrible franchise, my friends. That's a horrible franchise that somebody would sit a player in the final week of the freaking season, not allow these guys to get their incentives because why? You're saving the money for the damn owner. There's your team, and that's how the team is being run today. I already know the Eagles gave up in the front office on 2021 when they traded Zach Ertz away. Why would you trade a player? You see what Ertz did too? He got a TD. He'll make a gigantic impact for the Cardinals. Good for him. But when you have a young quarterback you're trying to develop, you take studs off your offense? Not that Goddard's not good. He is. You want to get him more touches? Really, since when? How can you get him more touches and more targets when the quarterback can't get him the ball? Dude, the franchise is nickeling, diming the players because the GM controls who plays on Sunday. You know what? I heard this last year that Howie Roseman gives the head coach, Doug Peterson, a year ago the roster on actives on Thursday. And I corroborated that and found it to be true. So the coach gets that sheet on Thursday. Dude, you're already into your work week. And you got to construct a game plan with the guys you give me and some of the guys that you don't want to play because there's money involved and because you sucked, you don't want to play them and you sit them active, healthy. You're not trying to win games doing that, guys. Look at what – Mad Hatter says Joe Banner used to do that. Gee, Joe Banner, the former GM of the Eagles, used to do that. I wonder why. Because it was a directive from the owner. It's a directive from the owner. That's the meddling of Howie Roseman. You know, that's the difference between him and Jerry, though. Jerry will pay his guys. Jerry overpays his guys. He overvalues his guys. That's the difference between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Jeffrey Loria will sit you, and you're healthy if you have an incentive that's coming up. Jerry will play you so you can get it. Okay? They will. All right, let me take a timeout. I'm going to get back to all your thoughts. I do want to talk a little bit more about Deshaun Watson. Also, my bottom five NFL teams. Are your Eagles in it? We'll head on it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show.
4: business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave.
1: national football show Dan Miller part of the broadcast team of the Detroit Lions will be with us at the top of the hour. Matt Hatter hired Kellen Moore as head coach. He's going to be the next head coach of the Cowboys in 2022. Mike McCarthy will be put into the front office and Kellen Moore the offensive coordinator of the Cowboys will be the head coach of 2022. I've already made that prediction. I want to show you something. I'm going to give you guys an example of something here and why we have to start Gardner Minshew. How about this? To even maybe save Jalen Hurts, watch this. You know, you know, you know you're in high school, and two dudes get caught cheating on a test. And you get called, and all of a sudden you're walking, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. All of a sudden you're walking down the hallway to get a tap on the shoulder. Principal wants to see you. They never bring both of you in the room. What do they do? They interview you guys separately. They're not going to put you in the same room because you guys are going to cooperate the story. You're going to get one guy in there. You're going to hope one guy breaks. You're going to find out a little bit more about one's character. Then you're going to bring the other guy in. And somewhere in the middle there, you're going to get the true story. Right? That's what they need to do with Sirianni and the quarterback. They need to divide them here. Is it Jalen? Is it Sirianni? Is it both? How are you evaluating this? Are you just under the assumption that Nick Sirianni is a great coach, and if you're going with that notion, guys, there's nothing that you and I will say here today or moving forward. He'll be the head coach here come hell or high water. doesn't matter. You see, what happens here in Philadelphia, unlike in New England, and I'll make this point to you, New England, they make the tough cuts, and what they also do is – They move off of their mistakes immediately. They move off mistakes without hesitation. The Eagles will never do that because the general manager's mistakes are glaring every week the Eagle team takes the field. The receivers, the linebackers, the construction of the team. Carson Wentz succeeding. Doug Peterson, a hot come on. Doug Peterson's name is in the conversation for the Southern Cal job? How did that guy go from being fired in Philadelphia to being considered one of the premium and gold standard college football jobs? And he's, I don't know, has he ever coached college? How does that go from that? How does he go from losing his job in Philly to being the USC coach and he's in a conversation with Mike Tomlin? How did that work like that? Within a matter of six months, Doug Peterson's name is in the conversation for USC. Okay. Well, something ain't right here. Wait a minute here. Think about it for a minute. So Wentz is playing Pro Bowl football again. Frank's got him on his right path again. He's got two picks this year. He's got 25, or no, he's on pace for 25 touchdowns and two picks. And Doug Peterson Every time that there's a job opening, his name becomes available. By the way, what was the first name that was thrown out after John Gruden resigned? Doug Peterson. Jesus Christ. How does it go from that? You let two guys go. You needed to restructure your front office. You needed a clean sweep. How many years? Wait a minute. I'm getting pissed off here. You know why I'm getting pissed off? How many years have you guys been fucking talking about this? How many years have you guys been doing this? I don't like repeating myself. Because that's a sign you're an idiot. How many years have you guys been going through this with this GM? Man, this is pathetic. You know, pretty soon what I'm going to do is, hey, Xander, pretty soon what I'm going to do is I'm going to put one of these shows like this on a loop, and I'm not going to show up the next day because it's the same shit over and over. I'm just going to put this on a loop until somebody does this. And by the way, I saw someone go like this, boycott the Eagles. Why? Why? I'm not boycotting. You know, know, here, can I throw this at you guys? Boycotting is the dumbest stuff going. You know the people who are trying to boycott, like, Goya Food and Chick-fil-A and all that? Why? I like Chick-fil-A and I like Goya. Whoever your political party is, has nothing to do with the food I consume. I could care less who supports who. I'm not going to deny myself something that I enjoy because somebody's an idiot. Not doing that. That's that I don't I don't I don't work like that. Well, you know, you know this guy here hates. Look, I hate comp- Nike the company, but I'm not going to not wear Nike gear. Nike makes a great shoe. I'm going to wear it. Do they use slave labor? Absolutely. Isn't it funny, too? Real quick on that. So the same guys who promote BLM, okay? Same guys who promote BLM I talk about the past of slavery in America are promoting the same shoes that they wear and the people that make their shoes are slaves in China. Okay, hypocrites. I digress. Moving forward. Man, there is a great comment. Hit a B. How do we fix this? Amen. Amen. Amen, hit a B. Smartest question said all day. Okay? We'll get to that here in a second. And I got to tell you something, and I said this before, and I'm going to say it again to you. I love what they're doing in Detroit. I know the team's 0-7, but one of my dear friends, Chris Bielman, is now the president of the football team. And I got to tell you, there's a sense of urgency in the room. I see the passion. They play their asses off every single day that they're on a field. Let's get to our friend Dan Miller, part of the broadcast team for the Lions. And Dan, I appreciate it. I got to tell you, man, I mean, it's funny. We're talking about Philadelphia's ills right now. I look at this 0-7 Lions team, and I feel better about what you guys are doing in Detroit than I do what's going on in Philadelphia right now. And I hope everybody else is feeling that same way. I know it's tough to look at when wow. it's 0 and 7, but how 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 do you feel about the way things are rolling uh towards uh, going forward here with the Lions?
6: Well, I mean obviously Dan you'd like to have a win. You'd like to get off the schneid and, <laughs> and not be sitting there at over, but uh, they've had a couple of them just ripped away from them one on a 66-yard field goal, one at a 44-yard field, excuse me, 54-yard field goal. But I do think your point's well taken. You have to look beyond what the record is right now and understand you've got a new GM and a new head coach for a reason, uh, because this organization needed some major change. And you traded Matthew Stafford during the offseason. You didn't go out and sign a ton of guys. This was really going to be a year where Brad Holmes, the general manager, Dan Campbell, the the head coach, and as you mentioned, Chris Spielman, who's now uh, playing a role in this organization as well. Um, They're going to assess what they've got and hit next offseason with a much more pointed and much more well understood to do list. So, look, everything you've said is true. They've played their tails off. They've had one real clunker of a game that was against the Bengals. Other than that, um, they've had a tough time putting four quarters together, but they play for this coach. They are fighting for this coach. And the key is that that's got to continue. It was apparent. Very much so in, in Los Angeles on Sunday where they had a chance at the end, but came up short. But um, it's, it is a transition and a rebuild that they're not fun, but what you're looking for are signs of, of how the organization is, is moving forward, and you're seeing that with the way that they've played.
1: Dan, you know, I had a conversation with Chris. I texted him the other day because I was talking to Tony Dungy about this. Coach Dungy reminded me that he started his career 0-8. And it was more about changing the culture in the room first because you've got to create a sense of urgency on what is expected with this new group of coaches and front office personnel before you even lay the bricks, like you said, going out and finding players, identifying players in the NFL draft. And to me, that I, I'm noticing the culture change. And the culture chain is playing hard, not surrendering, not putting the hand up. So the culture is, and this has to start with Dan Campbell, give me your assessment of what Dan has brought to um, the team so far in your eyes.
6: Well, I, I think he laid the foundation for it the day that he stepped in front of the microphone for his opening press conference. And I'm talking about the biting knee stuff, which is all anybody really seems to concentrate on when it was a 90-minute press conference, but they want
1: to talk which about it. Which I like, by the way, I... which just keeps scoring. Well, I and, like... and you
6: know what, <laughs> Dan, it was exactly what people needed to hear and what you have to realize is he was speaking to his players. And I know, you know, this, he was speaking to his players. He was speaking to the media and he was speaking to the fans. And that little snippet that everybody, every talk show I go on, people want to make fun of it and ask me about it and how silly it was. And I have to tell them, look, it was a 90 minute press conference. I've been through a lot of those. I've been through a lot with the Detroit lions and I've been through a lot covering sports here in Detroit for 24 years and being in the business for 40 years. That was one of the, best, if not the best introductory press conferences I've seen. Now, in the end, that doesn't matter. You got to win. But he set the tone for what he wanted to do with this organization from the first day he walked in and stepped behind that microphone. And He told everybody right off the bat, this isn't going to be fast and it isn't going to be easy, but we're going to do it the right way. And the right way is not to try to take shortcuts and sign big money free agents and go out and you know try to uh, put this thing together in one year. You've got to build through the draft. As you alluded to a moment ago, you've got to be right. You've got to identify talent, and you've got to get that talent in here and develop them into NFL players, guys that earn a second contract. Because around here, we've had too many guys that haven't earned that and haven't gotten better since they've come here. He's assembled a hell of a coaching staff, and, and I think he's doing a lot of things the right way. And I think, look, he's a stand-up guy that you want to be around that you want to play for. And I think that that's resonated with the players.
1: Um, is Jared golf, the guy of the future for the lions?
6: You know, I think that remains to be seen. I think it's, it's been a tough goal for seven weeks. I think that the conversation that a lot of people have had here is how much can you evaluate him when you're receiving core? And the biggest knock is they're not getting the ball down the field, but they're receiving core wasn't highly thought of coming into the season and it's been decimated now by injuries and you're running a bunch of guys out there that really haven't for the most part cracked an egg in this league yet now some guys are taking advantage of it Khalif Raymond is putting together some terrific games for them and done some real nice things other guys are trying to figure things out I mean Tom Kennedy's caught now I think one pass in the NFL Amon Ross St. Brown has now played seven games in the NFL uh, you know they thought Tyrell Williams would be their their top receiver uh, he got hurt in the first game of the year. Brashab uh, Perryman didn't work out, was cut before the season started. Quintez Sevis, who was drafted, uh, was a rookie last year, was starting to come on. He got hurt. He's out. So it's a long way of saying I, I think you need to see more out of him, and Dan Campbell has said you need to see more out of him, but I also think that there's there's some difficulty in the evaluation process because of what he's working with right now.
1: DeAndre Swift is a Philly kid. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about how his progression is coming in, his place in the organization moving forward.
6: Exactly who they thought he was when the previous regime drafted him. I mean, just a really explosive player that you you game plan to get him the ball in space and let him do his thing like they did in Los Angeles, 63-yard screen pass, just these. You just want the ball in his hands as often as you can do it, 15, 20 times a game, whatever it is, handoff, you know, toss sweep, uh, screen pass, downfield, whatever it is. Uh, he's just a mismatch waiting to happen. There are two running backs, he and Jamal Williams, have, have been really good together. Unfortunately, sometimes the scoreboard has dictated that it's kind of taken them out of the game in terms of the running game. But it's if you look at that and you say, okay, where's the strength, where's the weakness, that running back crew, with those two guys at the top right now is a strength.
1: I know that you have to run. You have another appointment at the bottom of the hour. A couple last questions here for you. And I want to throw this out there to you about Chris Spielman. And I know that when you're around him, it's like you're on 70 cups of coffee. So you always have to be prepared when you're (laughs) around Chris Spielman. I'm there with Mark Spindler in Detroit, and we're going back and forth. We're doing wrestling. It was a wrestling match every night, but the guy was so freaking competitive. I think the one thing that Chris has put an injection into that organization, Dan, it's a sense of urgency that some places don't have and you could see him walking around. His brother Rick has done a pretty good job in Minnesota as general manager there, so football is in his blood. This is something that he really likes. I'm just wondering, um, can you feel some of that influence of what he's brought to the organization?
6: Yeah, I think you can. And and I'll tell you what, Dan, they needed to bring the building back together. The building had been fractured with everything they had gone through uh, with the previous regime. and It didn't work, and it's not you know, necessarily an indictment on them. What they tried didn't work, and things started to fracture. They had to get every department, not just football, but sales, media relations, public relations, everything back together to feel like they're a unified organization and that the Detroit Lions mean something to one another. Everybody understands the importance of one another and that they're going to do this together. And that started with the hiring of Chris. Uh, that, that was the vision that Sheila Ford Hamp, the team owner, had in bringing him back and making him part of this thing. He brings the tradition of the team. And, I, and look, the tradition isn't the, the, the winning organization that everybody wants it to be, but Chris Bielman is the Detroit Lions. And he is the good part of the Detroit Lions he is the guy that when you walk through a parking lot he resonates with fans they love Chris Spielman so to get him back in there and to have him kind of spearhead part of the 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 bringing the the bringing the organization back together has been impactful and you said it I mean he's just a he's just a good guy who does things the right way and it is so much more than a football player in terms of being a man, being a father, being a friend, being a member of this organization now, that it just it's, – it's been a great move. And let me add this, he is going into the Pride of the Lions, so his name will forever be up on the wall of the stadium as of this Sunday, which is a well-deserved honor.
1: You know, in closing here, I'll, I'll just tell you this, Dan. I mean, you know, I had a cup of coffee up there in Detroit, and I will promise you this. That fan base, if they had another year where – you saw like maybe back in the Wayne Fons year where they went to the NFC championship. Those fans used to come out and watch his practice over near the silver dome there all the time. It's a great fan base. It's been a depressed fan base because of the teams not winning, but don't kid yourself that not you, but you know, this, but I'm mm-hmm. talking everybody out there listening. It's a hell of a fan base when they're winning and they just want to see some winning football. And I think you guys got the group there to get this thing turned around And I'm expecting great things out of you guys over the next couple years. Have a great call this weekend, Dan.
6: Dan, thank you. I appreciate you having me.
1: You bet. Thank you so much. Dan Miller, part of the broadcast team for the Lions. We'll get back to your thoughts. You keep it right here on the National Football Show.
4: John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave.
1: National Football Show, Dan Cillio. want to thank Dan Miller, part of the broadcast team. And the voice of the Lions. By the way, I saw Dave make a comment. He's a Falcon fan. He loves listening to the show. How about your guys, dude? You look like you were going to have a sorry-ass football season this year. Hey, Chris, they're 3-3. Three and, three, and look at the NFC South. Everyone thought that thing was going to fall on its face, that division. Saints are at 4-2. and two. Falcons are at 3-3. Three and three. I don't know what you're saying. Better than that sorry-ass NFC East right now. NFC East is the worst division in pro football. With the gold standard franchises in it, which sucks. You know what it's like having? It's like having the Sixers and Knicks and Celtics suck in the East. Okay? That's what it's like having. I don't know about you, man, but this kid Kyle Pitts out of Florida is playing some great ball, 163 yards receiving. He's getting better and better. I don't know what you're talking about, man. Falcons are at three 3-3 and three after getting crushed by the Eagles, the Eagles, in the opening game. That guy's panning out. That kid Pitts. Now, look, Pitts is not going to be a guy you line up, and he's going to be one of those blocking tight ends like Gronkowski. But you put him in space and you get him out in the perimeter on linebackers, they can't defend him. He may be the most gifted athlete in last year's NFL draft, Kyle Pitts, the tie end in from Florida. That kid can play, dog. Hey, Chris, Matt Ryan ain't the problem in Atlanta. Hey, by the way, if I were the Eagles, guess what? Atlanta may want to move off that guy. The only reason that the Falcons didn't move off of Matt Ryan this offseason You know why? 68 million reasons. Too much of a cap hit. Next year, that accelerator kicks in. They could defer the money out, Atlanta can, and they could potentially move. If they want to move off of Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan in Philly, I'd
2: be great with that. I would be great. Okay? I'd be great with that. Matt
1: Ryan, dude, he's, he's a... He's got Hall of Fame numbers, and everybody's going to sleep on Matt Ryan. You know, they're talking Russell Wilson. They're talking uh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. Matt Ryan? Hey, who would you take, Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford? Before what you're seeing in Los Angeles, who would you have took when Matt, Matt Stafford was in Detroit, okay? Look at what Matt Stafford's getting now with better coaching with Sean McVay. You would have took Matt Ryan in 10 seconds. Now you're more like this. I don't know. This kid Matthew Stafford's looking like, yeah, right now, Jeff, you would. But not in Detroit, you wouldn't. Okay? Day says Matt Carell has Philly written all over him. He's a bum. That kid from Ole Miss is a bum. No thank you. Sick and tired of RPO dudes. There's only one guy in the NFL that runs RPOs to a Pro Bowl level, and it's in Baltimore. Yeah, okay, you got somebody like that guy. You think Matt Corral is Lamar Jackson?
2: I don't. Yeah, Falcons are 3-3, man. Don't be shitting on them. Playing pretty good ball, man.
1: Back to five hundred after that start. Looks like some pretty good coaching going on to me. <clears throat> right? That Thibodeau kid, man, can play at Oregon, man. Big Bird, I'm with you, man. That kid is a freak show. He is good. I'd be – man, you, you're not – hey, you got three number ones, man. You better ha- – hey, here's something to think about, and I'm going to make a prediction to you. Hey, Big Bird, the Eagles have three picks in the top ten. If Tipano ain't one of them, I'll never bring up Howie Roseman's name ever again. Chris goes, we beat them, though. Dude, it's not what you do on one respected weekend. It's not college football. Okay? It's not college football. It's what you do over a collection of weeks. Okay? Like, 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 watch this. You truly believe. That the Bengals are the number one team in the AFC. You 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 think the Bengals are the number one seed? You think they're the best team in the AFC? Think they're going to beat Buffalo?
2: You think they beat Buffalo? I don't know.
1: Dave, I say this, man. I w- I wouldn't mind Joe Brady as being the next um, Philly coach. Formerly known as Jojo, Lions 28, Eagles 24. About right. We'll talk more as we get closer to the end of the week. Joey B marathon, not a sprint. Exactly, man. This ain't college football where if you lose one weekend in the NFL, you're see you're you're a lesser team. That's not true, man. Injuries, war of attrition, some of that stuff, it it, it piles up on you you got to look at the collective and make trends on what you're seeing for the first half of the season. By the way, are you really going to gauge a team that played great in the first half off of one loss when we're talking about, say, Green Bay? Green Bay's got a tough one on Thursday, and they don't have Devontae Adams because of the COVID dumbass rules, and they don't have him. So if you think they lose, they're not going to be still considered one of the best teams in the NFC? I don't know. I'm not going to subscribe to that. Hit a B says, Bills win. No question, I agree. But, hey, I wouldn't have a problem with Matt Ryan in Philly. Joey B says, Dan, thoughts on why Carson Palmer mentioned Tomlin for the USC gig? Yeah, because he wanted to throw something out there to get his name relevant. That's what he did. Oh, is that a shocker? People making noise just to have them stand on an anthill and tell everybody, look at me. Carson Palmer? Who's Carson Palmer? (laughs) Who's Carson Palmer? I'd rather hear from Drew Bledsoe. Carson Palmer? Carson Palmer's a dude, like I said, that stands on an anthill and screams.
2: Look at me. Okay.
1: Brady stands on the same anthill and doesn't have to scream. You figure it out. Dave says Carolina fans are ready to run Brady out of town, Dan. It's true, man. They've lost some games in a row. I may want to even get a mulligan on that take. Big Chris says i take Carson Wentz right now over this. Oh, no, Chris. Chris, you can't be one of those guys now, are you? You weren't one of those guys that went with the mob in Philly, and you burned him at the stake. Get him out of here! He sucks. He holds onto the ball too much. Too many interceptions and sacks. He sucks. Come on, man. You were part of the mob in the parking lot there at Lincoln Financial. And everybody had Carson Wentz to the stake. And everybody was throwing their coals in and their lighters in and their flames in. Come on now. Now you see him playing Pro Bowl ball. Everyone's like, well, you know, maybe, hey, it's one thing to be wrong, but it's another thing to go, hey, I was one of the guys who wanted to keep him. Nobody wanted to keep that guy last year. Right? People don't know what they want. When it's out of town. Hey, man. Newbie highlighter. <laughs> hey, watch this. Hey, I said this yesterday. Watch this newbie highlighter. What? So you fired Doug Peterson and he got rid of Wentz. For what? This? <laughs> How come when I look at the Eagles, I feel like I'm on the Space Challenger shuttle uh, flight? <laughs> right? How come I feel like that? Throttle up. <laughs> like, hey man, this ain't good. Come oh, on, man. Steven says, I don't see the point in replacing Hertz right now. You don't? You don't see the point. Here, let me make it again for you, Steven. I'm not, I'm, I get this, I'm not getting rid of Jalen. I got to figure out if I have to get rid of the head coach. So you're going to sit there and keep jerking around with a quarterback that you can't
2: coach. Okay? Instead of putting a pro quarterback under
1: center who knows how to play the position from the under center and no shotgun and try to get Devontae Smith and that other bust of a receiver that you have, the ball, to see if those guys are part
2: of the future. How do you not see that? It's playing out in Chicago too, guys. Look
1: at Justin Fields' struggle. Justin Fields is struggling so mightily. He can't even see the pass rush coming his way. Dave says, let Sirianni grow into the job. Okay, you're not going to grow into the job with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback. JoJo, but if we're learning one thing about coaching, look at Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Has he turned his career completely around from Miami? Look at that. Look at Matthew Stafford in Los Angeles with Sean McVay. Don't you want to find out if Sirianni is one of those coaches? Matt Nagy, he can't get out of his own way right now because the quarterback can't see pressure. And the most important type of pressure, you know what that is? Up the middle. Up the middle pressure. Dude, that's right in your face. We're not even talking about perimeter pressure. Like, let me, let, let, me, let me put this in <clears throat> and give you a little bit here. When you're a really great quarterback and you know how to play the position, you've got to have, like, Spidey senses. You know, Spider-Man senses? You feel the pressure. You know that you have 3.3 seconds to get that ball out. Ooh, one, two, three, boom. One, two, three, Boom. That's why you don't get to Brady. Everyone goes, man, don't you – you have to pressure Brady. How do you pressure Brady when he gets rid of the ball? You see, here's what makes Brady – who's a better athlete, Jalen Hurts or Tom Brady? It's a dumb question, isn't it? Jalen Hurts. He's a superior athlete. Well, why does Tom Brady never get sacked? Can you guys answer that? Why does Brady never get sacked, it seems? Why doesn't he get sacked? And yet all these running quarterbacks get sacked a lot, don't they? Brady walks to the line of scrimmage, guys. He walks to the line of scrimmage. He already knows where the ball's going. He already knows. Jalen walks to the line of scrimmage. He has no idea where to throw the ball. The one read's not there, he's taken off. You become one-dimensional that way. That's what every coordinator is praying for. can't run the ball because you refuse to run the ball as an offensive coach. Again, finding out if the coach can coach or not. Incognito says Brady has the fastest arm motion ever measured. Okay, well, you just can't have that if you don't know where the ball's to be thrown. This guy doesn't have the greatest arm strength in the history of the game. He wasn't the greatest athlete. Did you see those? Combine films of him, he ran the slowest 40-yard. Hey, here's a perfect example of this. Do you know who ran the fastest 40-yard dash in Combine history? Justin Fields. Do you know who ran the slowest Combine 40-yard dash in history at the quarterback position? Tom Brady. What's that 40 mean to me? Nothing. Nothing. Every time someone goes, well, he won in college and he's a fast guy. What's that got to do playing quarterback in the NFL? What's that got to do with it? has nothing to do with it. Well, well, you know, we need to see more Jalen. Really? Funny. I only needed to see 10 games of Joe Burrow. But we need a little more time here, right? I needed to see five games, Justin Herbert. How many games did you think you needed to see of Patrick Mahomes? Full season and a half. You got 50 games in on Baker Mayfield. What do you think of Baker Mayfield after 50 games? Cleveland's still assessing that. When you're in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert, you went like this after the first start against Kansas City. This bitch can play. This bitch can play, dude. Man, they were talking about Patrick Mahomes behind Alex Smith the whole time Alex Smith was starting in Kansas City. Big Bird says, you saw Mahomes in his first start. He was special. All these guys, Burrow and all these dudes, when I see Ertz and I see Baker Mayfield and I see all the – hey, I knew Kyler Murray. It looked different, didn't it? And I was a big dissenter on him because of his size. But people were right, man. It's not the NFL anymore. You're not going to get killed like you did back in the day. So, again, I go back to Gardner-Mitchew needs to be the starting quarterback in Philadelphia. This is part two. The reason it's simple. I got to find out if there's other guys on this team. I got to find out. All we've been talking about for the last upteen months has been what? Whether or not Jalen's the guy. Well, in that process, you've not developed Devontae Smith at all. You've not developed a running game at all. Your offensive line is a train wreck. Your linebackers and secondary are a train wreck. Your defensive scheme is terrible. There's other parts of this team that need to learn from these lessons that are going to be showed up. Remember, class day
2: is Sunday. Class day is Sunday. Moving forward, we got to find out, guys.
1: Anthony Price, that's what happens when you pay the quarterback, Max Steele. Ravens going to suck next year. No way. No way. By the way, I don't know about you, man, but that guy in Indianapolis looks like a Pro Bowler again. I don't know what you're watching, but I'm watching Carson Wentz look like he's going to the Pro Bowl again. I think that you're not watching that game. And by the way, good for you if you're an Eagle fan, because you know why? You're going to have to have that, because that pick will turn into a first-rounder. You better just pray he plays. By the way, I tease this. Worst football teams in the NFL, I'll go from five up to the worst. Dolphins are at five. Jags are at four. Jets are three. By the way, I'll say it, no one else will, because I know everybody likes the story. Robert Saley is in the same conversation with Nick Sirianni right now. But I think Robert Saley, you come off a bye and you suck like that, wow. That team was not prepared to play. That team was not prepared to play. They were terrible. Oh, Anthony, that's right. You're right, Anthony. Patrick started getting paid. They had to restructure the contract just to get Orlando Brown in the building. And that's why you're starting to see the Kansas City Chiefs walk backwards. You're dead right. That's why they're not developing a running attack. And for the record, Anthony, Andy Reid, there's been the big – how about this? Anthony, here's the big thing with Andy Reid. They got rid of John Dorsey. They gave him more control of the personnel. And what happened? The team's starting to walk backwards a bit, just like they did in Philly at the end, right? When Andy started getting more power inside the front office with the Philadelphia Eagles, and you started seeing that thing walk back, what happened? Well, you started seeing lesser talent on the team because Andy started getting a little more autonomy in the personnel decisions. That's one of the things that ran his ass out of there. Goes to Kansas City, they run John Dorsey out of the building. John Dorsey put all those players, the Kelseys, the Mahomes, the Hills, all those cream hunts when he was there, all those guys were in the building. John Dorsey's not the easiest guy to get along with, but he built that roster for the hunts. He gets fired. What does he do? He gets the job and president's job as the head of operations in Cleveland. Cleveland – the Cleveland Browns right now have one of the best rosters. John Dorsey did that. He's the one that put the Miles Garrett's and all those guys on that football team. He was the guy that was putting that, constructing those teams and putting those guys together there. I mean, there's no, there's no question the guy knows talent. He's just not very good when it comes to dealing with people. I got the Texans, too, and I've got the... Detroit Lions, the worst team in the league. So it's Dolphins, Jags, Jets, Texans, and Detroit. If I were Eagle fans and I were the Eagles, I wouldn't lose to that Lions football team this weekend because you'll be in the five, and you'll be one of the worst teams in the National Football League.
2: So, dude,
1: a lot of issues, man. Most of them are personnel. That's the point of trying to figure out your coach. Jesus Christ, man. I mean, look at at what they did in Miami when they had a quarterback down there for uh, Brian Flores. Ryan Fitzpatrick is nobody to write home about, but he was winning games for them. Think about how important Ryan Fitzpatrick – that's the perfect example. Think of this for a second, guys. Think of how important Ryan Fitzpatrick was to the development of the Dolphins over the last two years that he was there, they were getting better. They jettisoned Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're 1-6. Was Ryan Fitzpatrick the answer? Like, is Gardner Minshew the answer in Philly? Absolutely not. But at least the other players were getting reps. You were finding out if you had a running game. You were finding out if you had wideouts. You were finding out your old line because he knew how to play the position. You got training wheels everywhere. D coordinator, offensive coordinator, play caller, quarterback, running back. Jesus Christ. It's
2: like a preschool football team. Okay? It's preschool, dude. Let's take a
1: time out. We'll get right back to you. Keep it here on the National Football Show. <laughs>
0: at stateside vodka every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
2: Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free?
0: That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of stateside vodka. So good, it just disappears.
4: John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave.
1: Asilio National Football Show. You, I hope you're not saying I was bad on anything. I'm not. I'm pointing out the truth here. Don't let the truth hurt, dude. By the way, I think we're getting Lomas Brown on tomorrow. He's also part of the broadcast team. Played 20 years in the National Football League. I played against Lomas when he was a Gator. And Man, they were on some good football teams, man. Those Gator teams were good. I think they had three first-round running backs in the backfield at one time. Um... Neil Anderson, Lorenzo Hampton, and someone else I can't remember. Neil Anderson, Lorenzo Hampton, and they had somebody else back there. God, I can't remember. I think he played in Seattle. Had three first-round running backs. They were incredible, man. And they ran that wishbone at us. They beat us one year, 28-3. to We went on to win the national championship still, man. Them Gator teams were great. Anthony Price says if Carson Wentz, Let me get back up there, man. Guys, I really appreciate everybody coming aboard. Carson Wentz keeps playing good. Eagles might have three first-rounders. Oh, I I agree. By the way, guys, I was just reminded, if you can, please hit that like button for me, man. I really appreciate it. You guys, hey, the last two days, you guys have been banging on that like button, man, and we really had a lot of great responses, and I can't thank you enough for being part of the program. And, and, And for the record, man, You know, unlike the news talk people, let me say this to you guys. This is all about passion. All about love of your favorite sport. That's all this is. You know, like in the news media, people talk hate all the time. It's got nothing to do with hate. It's got everything to do with telling the truth and playing well. By the way. Okay, thank you, Hugh. I appreciate it, dude. And I appreciate you being part of this. No way, man. Hugh, don't ever think that, man. I don't wish. What, What's I'm not wishing Jalen Hurts. You know what? Me and Krause Jr. talk about this all the time, don't we, Krause Jr.? Dude, if anybody you root for, you root for people like Jalen Hurts. Leader, great dude. Team loves him. Community guy. Everything you love about a player, it's wrapped. The only thing, he, hey, and all the crap that we hate about somebody like um, Aaron Rodgers, you still take Rodgers because Rodgers can spin it, right? Carlos, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, man. Let's read it. Wilson, Ben, Prescott. We're helped in the first year with a running game. Nobody called for their benching. Eli looked like a bust. Dude, okay, so Russell Wilson was coached by Pete Carroll. Ben was coached by Bill Cowher, okay? yet to be determined if Prescott is going to win. You had two Hall of Fame coaches in those names. You think Nick Sirianni's the guy? You think Nick Sirianni's a Hall of Fame potential coach? I disagree. Incognito, hey, I'm the worst loser. Chalk it up, Sports Philly. That's a nice comment. I thank you. Paul says, I heard Adam Gase and Cam Newton are in Philly Airport. (laughs) Adam Gase. Hey, watch this. Adam Gase ain't that bad a play caller, but as a head coach, he stinks.
2: Adam Gase has the recommendation of Peyton Manning. How do you think he got those gigs? Carlos, thank you. But, Carlos, the re, but Carlos, I'm not asking
1: to bench Jalen Hurts because he sucks. I'm asking to find out if Nick Sirianni can coach. What about Devontae? You're just going to waste his first year because we're trying to get the coach and the quarterback on the same page? And the quarterback was is not really an NFL quarterback in an NFL scheme? Man, I think, what about the other first-round wide receiver? What about the tight ends? You know what else I'd be, can I tell you what I'd be bitching about the most, guys? Okay, you know what I'd be bitching at? If I was a wide receiver, or if I was a tight end, or an all-lineman, or running back, I'd be in my front office, man, or I'd be whoever makes the decisions, because it ain't the head coach. I'd be doing this. You see my fucking contract here? I'm supposed to be getting 200 carries a year. I've got a $600,000 bonus wrapped up into this. You know how many freaky carries I have now? 20. There's no way of me making that incentive. Why would you put a shitty incentive into my contract like that when you know personally that that coach ain't going to be calling the plays? You think you're going to be inspiring other free agents to want to come and play in Philadelphia when you see that? And other guys look down at the list with their agents and you're sitting here at IMG or you're sitting there and you're Tom Condon, one of the top agents in the NFL going, we ain't going to Philly, dude. You ain't carrying the ball there. You think Derrick Henry would ever come to Philadelphia for what? 14 carries a year. Dude, you got to start attracting people to want to come here. And with the general manager and the owner wanting to fling it down the field and you don't have a quarterback, to rec- you think receivers are going to want to play here? You think Julio Jones
2: ever had the Eagles on the list? For what? Carlos says he took a
1: penalty to make a third down again. He can't coach. <laughs> Why don't we find that out so we can be a one-and-done guy, get his ass out of here. Let's make the tough fire,
2: man. I'm not saying get rid of Jalen.
1: I'd rather get rid of the coach and the entire staff.
2: Okay? Okay, since we can't have Doug Peterson, who would I want to be the head coach?
1: Stop with Lincoln Riley. The guy will never leave Oklahoma. He makes $7.5 million a year, and he's got an $8 million uh, tenure bonus that he's coming up on. He ain't leaving Norman. That stupid comment that people made at WIP was dumb. That guy's going to make $14 million next year. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. Bob Stoops had it in his contract. It was a lie. Look at look at this, for, us, for instance. Cliff Kingsbury was fired at Texas Tech. He got the OC job with Clay Helton. He didn't even get a chance to call a play in Los Angeles. Steve Kahn, the general manager in Arizona. Goes, how'd you like to be the head coach of the Cardinals? Everyone went, what? Before you know it, Arizona's undefeated, and they're going against the Green Bay Packers, who are six and one. Holy cow! You need guys like that. Lawrence says, "I still can't figure out what happened since the Super Bowl win." It's a good comment. Lawrence, here's what's happened. Reality set in. They put together the best O-line and D-line combination in the league that year. It didn't matter really who was playing quarterback because when you guys got in that Super Bowl against the Patriots, you beat the shit out of them. By the end of that game, when the 60th second clicked off, I went like this. Man, they took a whooping. I'd never seen the Patriots beat up like that. What did the Patriots do the next year in the offseason? They beat up the Rams the same way they took a page out of the Eagles and beat the Rams up in the Super Bowl. They knew they had to be strong up front. Carlos says, Minshew stinks. I don't think so. But he ain't the, but again, he's not the future the same way Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't the future in Miami. But at least they were getting better. Dion says, Mitch, you can slow, can show if the problem is. Highlight that again, that Dion one. Highlight that Dion one again. There it is. That's the comment of the day. We should do that, Xander, have comment of the day. That's it right there. Minshew will show you if he can coach or not. I'm not saying get rid of Jalen. There's nowhere in today's show did I say that. Nowhere. But the coach ain't getting him the proper reps. It ain't working. So you want to keep banging your head against the wall? Devontae gets no targets. Rieger is... Fallen apart as a player because of this system. Was that kid Rieger a first-round draft choice? I I, I mean, right now, he looks so bad. He looks like a free agent. I mean, that guy looks terrible. You, Rieger was a first-rounder. Where would you draft him? What round would you draft him in today? The eighth? Oh, wait, that's right. There isn't an eighth.
2: That's right. Lawrence, Minshew will
1: expose the coach. Big Chris says a third. Wow. Now I see why Brady got all those Super Bowl rings with all those great high draft choice wideouts like Amendola and Edelman and Deion Branch. and Those guys were all free agents. And Wes Walker was a trade with the Finns. That be right. Think of that for a minute. How he drafted the wrong dude, man. Devontae's a good player, but he don't belong on the Eagles. What have you done with him this year? Seven weeks. He's useless. That kid, <laughs> hey, can you imagine Devontae
2: Smith in Cincinnati? He may have just as many yards as Jamar Chase. He might have just as many yards.
1: Or can you imagine, you know, when he got drafted, I wonder this. I wonder this. When Devontae Smith got drafted and he knew that Jalen Hurts was going to be the starting quarterback in Philadelphia, I wonder what he said under his breath. Jesus Christ. I was in that room, man, and I know why they benched him. I know why he transferred. Holy shit. My first year is going to be a struggle. I wonder if he said that. You see, unlike any other player that's on that team right now, he knows the truth. All right. Keep it here. I'm going to tell you what we do next. Somebody pointed that out. I'll tell you what they do next. You keep it here on the National Football Show.
3: Netson Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride
4: only five years ago and then the following morning. IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way, the best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave.
1: back, National Football Show, Dan Cilio. Please do me a favor, hit the like button, guys. You guys are really awesome, man. Thank you so much. By the way, uh, share it, replay it a little bit later on. Thank you so much. Blue, thank you so much for coming aboard. I'm going to hit your comment here in a second. I got a new name for Howie Roseman. Want to hear it? Hollywood Howie. Okay? Hollywood Howie. And what I mean by that is my friend Jason Cole last week said it, and I think it's perfect, and I think it's appropriate. This guy loves the fact that he's going to be a star on draft night. You don't know, like the movie? Draft Day. Hollywood Howie. I'm the guy making all those decisions here. Hollywood Howie. Yet in Pittsburgh, you don't ever see Kevin Colbert anywhere. You never see that. Do you even know who the GM in New England is? Do you even know? All the great general managers, you know what they do? They stay in the back and they help their coach. They're they're, they're more of a profiler for their coach. What do you need, man? What kind of player do you want? It's not what type of
2: player you want. What type of player is a Nick Sirianni guy? Same organization that worked out Tebow. (laughs) Hollywood Howie.
1: Hollywood Howie. Yeah, yeah, man, I got all the picks. We'll make the decision. Watch this. Here's Hollywood Howie. Yeah, man, you know, I'll make all the decisions on uh, personnel. And, um, yeah, we're evaluating the coaching staff and the players right now. We're evaluating Jalen, too. Dude, shut up. That's a head coach's position to be talking like that, not you. I don't want to see my GM or my owner flapping their gums. I want to see my head coach telling people it starts here and ends
2: here. It starts here and ends here. Okay? Daryl says, please, Eagles, get Cam. Okay?
1: What's Cam going to do? That's not the style of quarterback you want to play in Philly. You want to have a guy who can take snaps from the center
2: position. Hollywood Howie. Yeah.
1: I'm the superstar here. See what Mike Tomlin did today when he was talking about the USC job? You know what he said? Don't waste my time. I'm the head freaking coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't ask me that stuff. I'm a professional football coach. Never had a losing season in 14 years. Why are you even bringing that up to Mike Tomlin? Mike had every right to get pissed. Why would you bring that up to him? I, w- I was insulted for Mike. I actually went, Jesus, Christ, And he's right. You never hear Andy Reid or... Sean Payton or any of those other guys here in that crap. I was like, Mike Tomlin, you think he's going to take a USC gig when he's the head football coach of the Steelers? And they've only had three coaches since 1969. (laughs) Man, my media people, man, they're hammerheads. They are hammerheads. Why would you ask such an asinine question like that? Mike Tomlin's my favorite coach in today's NFL. Don't ask me that. Don't ask me that again. You put that thing to bed. Yeah, Carson Palmer lying. Eh, that's okay. People do it every day. Just just tune on CNN. You get a whole day of lying. You know, I mean, it's, it's fashionable to lie nowadays in the media. You don't have to really have any truth behind it. People say whatever they feel. There's no accountability any longer. You know? That's why do you think most athletes don't trust the media today? Just like why you don't trust the media. Because people lie in the media. Because you know what you're trying to do? You're trying to get clicks and views and all this other shit that people now do. Got to be a salesman. I'm not a very good salesman. Never been. Not a very good salesman. I just speak the truth. I guess the truth is what's got me in trouble. And like I said, I am not sitting here telling you that Jalen Hurts should be benched for poor performance and that all of a sudden, magically, Gardner Minshew is going to turn the franchise around. That's not the case. I want to find out, just like I forget who said it, Gardner Minshew is going to expose the coaching staff. If he can't, watch this. If he can't coach Jalen and he can't coach Gardner, how about this? To where it looks better. Our, Our answer as fans is right in front of us. Right in front of us. So he sucked coaching Jalen, and he sucked coaching Minshew. Dude, we're running out of quarterbacks here for the guy. Hey, and let's do this. Phillip Rivers, last year, you don't think Frank Reich had some say in what the game planning was? They had worked together when they were in San Diego. When the team was still in San Diego, the O.C. was Frank Reich. You know who the wide receiver coach was? Nick Sirianni. I was there. I saw it. Frank designed all the schemes and all that, designed those plays. Nick just called the plays that Frank had designed. Big Chris says Jimmy G, Jimmy G's not a bad selection. He's not a bad quarterback. Again, here's another guy that's a little bit of paper mache. You know what I mean? A little bit of paper mache. What I mean by that is he's injured all the time. Daryl says, not have safeties 20 yards downfield on rush five men. on. (laughs) Hey, Daryl, are you suggesting that there's gigantic lanes like you see in a a Texas University of Kansas game when teams are just wide open? And, you know, I mean, seriously, you're right. D-line's two-gapping. Get this, D-line's two-gapping, which is the worst. Your secondary's 20 yards off the ball, and you got the middle of the field because your linebacker sucks so bad. (laughs) Yeah, you mean like that? Ugh. Long way to go, man. Lomas Brown will join us, too. All right, guys, please do me a favor. Hit the like button one more time. Please share it a little bit later on. Don't forget, you can catch all of our shows. Over on the Jacob Media channel, till tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern time, Big Sills is saying, we will see you on the flip side. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access
2: to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call.